It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. Hello and welcome again to another edition of Planet Hollywood. I'm Paul Hutchin, the political editor of The Daily Record. Joining me this week are colleagues Douglas Dickey of the Scottish Daily Express and John Ferguson, the political editor of the Sunday Mail. So I was going to say it's been a week of controversy in Scottish politics, but when has it not been a week of controversy? It was never really a quiet day at Holyrood or Westminster. It's just one endless series of Twitter rows. So starting off with what should have been on paper a football match between Scotland and England, but it's turned into a political rammy. Um, Scotland fans booed God Save the King when uh, uh, they were supposed to show a mark of respect. Um, that was followed by Scotland and Rangers legend Ali McCoist criticising the football fans from his own country. And then the SNP MP Tommy Shepherd put the boot into McCoist. So it's turned into a sort of SNP versus McCoist row. Um, Dougie, starting with you, been, I don't think I'm betraying any massive state secrets to hear um, to say that you're a Rangers fan. What did you make of this? Well, I mean, the first thing to say, Paul, is I'm never going to criticise Super, uh, apart from his managerial skills at times, which were uh, left wanting a bit. But um, if I'm being honest, I, I, I found this entire thing incredibly tedious, uh, annoying, ridiculous, pathetic. The, the, the whole thing is just a nonsense um, from from various sides. Uh, I thought Ali's comments have been blown a, a little bit out of proportion. Uh, it is disrespectful to um, boo someone's national anthem. Um, but putting my football fan hat on, football fans are disrespectful to the opposition. Um, what what I've what else I've disliked is on the on on the other hand, uh, a lot of the SNP supporters who have leapt to the defence of the Tartan Army are the same ones who not so long ago would have put football fans in prison for saying offensive things. Uh, I, I, I just think the whole situation is loaded with hypocrisy. Um, I think the Scotland fans should own it. It was disrespectful. It is disrespectful. They should be honest about why they're doing it. We, we, you know, with Alex Salmon on talking about uh, rebellious Scots to crush when there is no, you, you know, there's no such line in that song. Um, it, it, at the same time, it's a football match and God save the well, God save the Queen, as it was, in booed at Scotland Games. You know, I watched um, some highlights were sent to me this morning of the Euro 96 tie at Wembley, and I, 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 and there was booze when it was played. There was then booze when Forward of Scotland was played. And nothing, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing at the time, nothing, nothing was made of it. It does feel maybe Scotland was a wee bit, as a whole, was a wee bit more comfortable in its own skin back then. I think the problem is now is we've created a situation where everything, everything needs to be seen through the prism of uh, you, you know nationalist versus unionist. 
Um, I, 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 so I just think we say it, I mean, you and I have both been at countless football matches, and you're right, booing the opposition is just part and parcel of it. Football is all about petty geographical rivalries. Isn't it just like, I'm not going to bang on about free speech, but isn't it just a sort of free speech issue? Sometimes speech is offensive and it's a bit rude. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, one thing I will say, though, is I, I did I did write about this before the game, and the point I made is I, I, I don't care if the Scotland fans boo. God save the game. I, I will say the... The extent of it, I think, has is, is, is created the story as well. I, I mean, I did say they'd be booing at Euro 96. It was pretty half-hearted, but um, I, 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 don't, I think part of the problem is the SNP obviously want to make us out. The guys at Thomas, uh, Thomas Shepard say that, you, you know, we're the most welcoming country in the world, and yet a football team turns up and their national anthems booed. But, you know, that's going to happen in you know, football circles. I think I, I think there is a, a perception, rightly or wrongly, that the Scottish football support, the, the Scottish national team's football support has become a bit of a vehicle for nationalism. Uh, I've been a Scotland game in, I, I think it's seven years, seven or eight years. And uh, I remember going at the pub um, before it and 90% of the pub was the number 45 on the back of their Scotland shirt. And I don't think you need to be a genius to work out why that was, I think, I think that's part of it as well. I, I, I think some unionists feel unwelcome, um, in a way that maybe doesn't happen at rugby matches, which is obviously a, a slightly different crowd. But on the whole, Paul, as I say, on the whole, I've just, I've just found the whole thing to be really quite tedious. You know what struck me about it um, when I w- was listening to the booze? It kind of annoyed me because I thought this is going to inspire the England team. They're going to take heart from this, they're going to be annoyed. And I think Jude Bellingham actually made that point after the match that put a bit of fire into their bellies. So it probably gave him a goal um, of a start, this uh, this booing. John, um, just coming to you, what did you make of um, Ali McCoy's comments? Yeah, I mean, I think it was... <laughs> if it was any other team whose national anthem was being booed, I think it would be you know, it is disrespectful, and I think with any if it was any other team, then it would be viewed um, very badly. But I think you kind of need to expect that um, Scotland and England have a strange relationship, given that they're in a union which isn't particularly popular with a large part of the Scottish population, and also. The monarchy isn't particularly popular with a large part of the Scottish population. Um, I think we need to remember that our own national anthem talks about fighting and dying in a war against the English monarchy. So the idea that God save the king isn't going to be booed to some extent at a Scotland-England football match, I think, is wishful thinking. if, if there isn't, I think it's quite interesting that such a lot has been made of this particular incident. Most of that has been because of Alan McCoy's intervention. Um, I think he would probably have done better to have not spoken out on this. Um, if, if, the, if the significance of it has been seen as a more wider issue, I guess it's because 
there is a, a feeling that perhaps King Charles is a lot more unpopular in Scotland than his predecessor, um, and that perhaps that's you know something that people are worried about. Maybe you know the final analysis, not Scotland's finest moment. I mean, perhaps, you know, it is it is it is disrespectful, and, and people need to own that. I think I, I think that's the point I'm trying to make. You need to own that, but it's a football match, and at the same yeah. time, you need to expect that some. I, I mean, as I say, I wasn't at the game, but judging by social media, there was you know there was much worse sung and shouted on the way to the game and in the stands. So. My issue with it is a lot of Scots and especially Scottish nationalists have this image of the Tartan army of being, you know, this completely cuddly, non-offensive entity. And what we've seen is that's not always the case. But then again, it's a football game. So I, I, on the one hand, I find it really hard to get upset about it. But on the other hand, I'm finding it really hard not to get upset about the whole situation, you know. So it's just... I'd, like to, I'd like to thank Ali McCoist and the SNP for giving us golden headline you know any daily record headline that's got Ali McCoy and SNP in it it's just going to absolutely blow off the charts that's him that's him doing the business again he's a wonderful man and uh, <laughs> it's great to see that he's still he's still helping people out right moving on um let's now turn our attention to that great progressive hero Fergus Ewing Ugh. it looks like Fergus after various provocations is going to be suspended by the SNP group next week, or at least there's going to be a vote on it. I understand that there has to be two-thirds support, and this is after him voting to uh, get rid of the Green Minister, Lorna Slater, voting against various Scottish government policies, and of course ripping up uh, policy literally in the chamber. Um, John, it's not a surprise that the SNP is going to act, is it? No, I don't think it's surprising. I think it's going to be very interesting to um, see how that vote goes. Um, Fergus Ewing, if anything, he sums up this sort of um, older idea of the SNP where they were, if anything, perhaps a little bit right of centre, the old Tartan Tories kind of thing. He believes the party should be very pro-business Um there is another faction now that um, is much more left-wing and he's railed against that on countless occasions. The reason this is going to be very interesting is because a lot of the things that he, he's spoken out, I mean, in, in normal circumstances, you would think that um, suspending him would be a no-brainer. He's voted against the party. He's spoken out on numerous occasions against the leadership. But the thing about this is that all of the issues that he's spoken out against the leadership on are things that arguably are very unpopular with the the public and that there's probably a sizable faction within the SNP that would like to see a, a change of direction. We're obviously talking about deposit return, about um, fishing ban, which has now been reversed, um, talking about the, the, the deal with the Greens, um, the policy to have um, all homes installed, heat pumps. Um, these are things that the public believe could be really problematic and, that you know, there are things that could cost people a lot of money um, and he and that could also throw a spanner in the works as the economy is trying to recover. And, he's, that you know, I think a lot of people 
have got a lot of time for the things that Fergus Ewing has been saying on these issues. So it will be really interesting. There's clearly far more people within the SNP's parliamentary group that um, agree with Fergus Ewing than are putting their head above the parapet at the moment. Um, and, you know, I think, I think there's a risk that this could look like weakness on Hamza Yusuf's part that he's that he's moving to get rid of Fergus Ewing rather than allow him to be there as a sort of, um, you know, a, 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 a party grandee, if you like, who, um, who's not particularly pleased with the, thing, the way things are going at the moment and is willing, is big enough to express a, a, an alternative point of view. Aye, but John, do you not think, though, that there's criticism and then there's criticism? So there should always be a space for, for being able to vote against a couple of policies, but you, know, you can't vote against a budget, for instance. He's not done that. That would clearly be a red line. But voting with the Tories to bring down a minister of the government... I mean, you know, you, he's not elected as an individual. He's elected on a, a, a party ticket. Uh, he's supposed to be a team player. I mean, is that not just a sort of egregious breach of of loyalty and discipline? Yeah, I mean, he's 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 crossed the line, hasn't he? Where he's, you, it's almost as if he's goading the the party into um, suspending him. It's that it, it, it's wouldn't be unreasonable to do that. Um, but the issue for the SNP here is that he's kind of a symbol for what is a, a deep divide that runs through the whole party. It's not, you know, it's not just Fergus Ewing that um, that thinks the things that Fergus Ewing is um, saying at the moment. Dougie, what's your take on this? Do you not think that people like Kate Forbes have also voted against... Uh, Scottish government policy and various things, um, but they kind of conducted themselves in quite a respectful way. I think what, what Fergus has done is done it in a very disrespectful way that is, as John said, maybe goaded the party leadership and stuck two fingers up at them. Is that is that not what the issue is for him? I think so, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's certainly, he's, he's been almost as critical of Humza Yusuf and the SNP as we are at the Scottish Express, so... Surely um, not. <laughs> Maybe not quite, but I, I, I mean, it's such a fascinating situation. If you just indulge me, I, I, I always remember in the first Star Wars movie many years ago, there's a scene where Obi-Wan Kenobi tells Darth Vader that if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than, than you can ever imagine. And it kind of it kind of strikes me that if, you know, Humza gets rid of Fergus and he's going to turn him into a martyr. Um, I, know, I know John said that, it was maybe a, um, a sign of weakness if he gets rid of them, or pe- people might construe it as a sign of weakness if, if they get rid of them. It, it could also be a sign of weakness if he keeps them, because as you say, John, he's, 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 his attacks on the party have, have been so vicious almost that by leaving them in, uh, you know, does that suggest that Humza Yusuf doesn't have the bottle to take the really tough decisions? And I think it puts, I think it puts the leader between a real rock and a hard place. I mean, imagine being the guy who boots out Winnie Ewan's son, you know, from the SNP. At the same time, can he let him stay in the fold and just keep keep on chipping away from the inside? And I, I think it's a bit of a win-win for Fergus Ewan. I think, I think he's going to be in a decent place regardless of what happens, because if he gets a boot, then, you know, he's kind of feed up even more to continue his attacks on, on you know, the SNP leadership. And if he stays in, then he can keep chipping away 
at it from the inside. So if he was going out to try and cause maximum damage, I think he's uh, I think he's achieved that. So just to go back to your analogy, are you saying that he is uh, Obi Wan Kenobi or Obi Obi Wan Yoon and Darth Yusuf? So. Um, <laughs> so yellow lightsaber. Who's Luke Skywalker? Oh, who, who knows? Anis Sarwa, a bit boring, but you, you know. And uh, I'll keep who I think Han Solo is to myself. Who was obviously the best. But, um, you used to call Douglas Ross, eh? Well, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe um, maybe Murdo Fraser. I like a bit of Murdo. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> So I think, George, I think, he's only going to be suspended for a few weeks, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see exactly what they they do to him. I think lying behind this, you've got this um, these two factions within the party: the the the, the Salmon faction and the Sturgeon faction, two former leaders who, you know, are now gone, but they're they're presence still looms large over the SMP and I think this this really does um, kind of illustrate that dividing line. Um, we'll come back to Nicola Sturgeon at the end of the, the programme. Um, next subject, Dougie, drug consumption rooms. Now, obviously the Daily Records had a long-standing campaign on drug deaths in Scotland. Uh, we've called for a drug consumption room, we've called for decriminalisation of drugs. This week, the Lord Advocate effectively gave the green light by saying that people in possession of drugs in a, a consumption room wouldn't be prosecuted. Um, what's your response to that? And do you think this is the sort of clearest sign yet of a difference in approach on drugs between both governments north and south of the border? Yeah, it's quite a, it's always quite a complex one. This, um, Scotland is a horrific drugs record, something, you know, needs to be done about it. It remains to be seen whether drug consumption rooms are are the answer. Um, They haven't worked everywhere. Um, You know, there's huge question marks over, you know, for a start, I'm always a bit wary of politicians deciding that you know, in some cases we can bend the law or the law can be bent, you know, it opens up a kind of can of worms. As someone who's going to one of these drug consumption rooms, walking there with their drugs, are they are they committing an offence? Are the police going to be expected to arrest them or, or let them go? And then it kind of creates a situation where if someone goes, if the police officer lets them go and goes to the drug consumption room, what happens if they have an overdose? Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's obviously... A massive difference in opinion. I mean, we've seen the UK government opinion, although they've obviously said that, uh, you know, it's not going to stand in the Scottish government's way. Um, I, I think people could argue, you know, that the SNP are, are obviously, I think, paving the way for the for the decriminalisation uh, of drugs. Um, I think at the same time, you know, the drug death rate in England, Wales, isn't, isn't as bad as it is in Scotland. So... I think questions need to be asked as to why, you know, why the SNP need more powers to do it when the powers within their grasp seem adequate, maybe not adequate, the right word. Isn't this, isn't this a drug consumption room, Dougie, isn't this quite a creative use of existing power? So it's the, 
the Lord Advocate, the Crown Office, saying, look, we're in charge of prosecution policy or something, I'm going to prosecute people in. So they, they're not, this is an example where they're not actually requiring any more powers. No. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, also what it what it does do is question, you know, the SNP previously said that they need more powers to take steps against drugs. It turns out, obviously, that they, that they didn't. The power to, to do this rested with the with the Lord Advocate, it, 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 it's obviously just that something needs to be done. Um, whether this is the right route remains to be seen, I guess. Uh, people are going to be right on top of it, keeping, keeping a real close eye on it, but um, the SNP are hang, hanging an awful lot on it. So, you know, I guess we need to see... I, I'm always wary, obviously, I'm making kind of political capital of people dying, you know, I mean, it's real people's lives here and anything we can do to stop that is, is you know, what we should do. But I, I don't think this is going to be the the kind of magic bullet the SNP hope it is. John, the UK government said during the week that they weren't going to block a drug consumption room. And Douglas Ross, even though he's personally not persuaded, he says he's willing to um, see how it works in practice, and he wants uh, the Scottish government to back his right to recovery bill. Do you sort of detect a slight cessation of usual hostilities between the SNP and the Tories on this issue? Just, just those things I mentioned. There seems to be a, a willingness for this to, to to get up and running and for um, you know, to give it a shot, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I suspect that um, Alistair Jack probably thought it would be a bridge too far to try to thwart another SNP policy, especially one that is, you know, this this really shouldn't be a, a, a sort of left or right political issue. It's just about trying to find the best way to save lives and to minimise the impact on on society from um, from addiction and drug abuse. Um, it's, it's in terms of that just the lord advocate's intervention to say that um, she won't prosecute people over consumption rooms it's it's an interesting one in that the previous her predecessor um appeared to take a different line on that you know and <clears throat> really really backed off of getting involved in this this debate um he he seemed to be of the view that um it would be out with the Scottish government and his powers to to allow drug consumption rooms. So you know, it's it's. I think everybody is now just waiting to see how this pans out. Um, it's on the surface at the moment. It looks like it's a bit of a win for the Scottish government and the SNP, and that it's something and and the Daily Record, and that um, it's something that they have campaign for and said they believe is the right way to go and um it looks now like that you know we're we're gonna we're gonna see whether it is or not um that and that's that obviously you know it could potentially be a banana skin for the government further down the line if in a couple of years drug deaths are not coming down and there, you know, we're seeing deaths in consumption rooms, and there's also seen to be or perceived to be um, 
issues for people living close to consumption rooms, then yeah, that it, it could turn out to have been a, a bad move for the Scottish government. But I think you're, I would hope, and I think that we're seeing this from the Conservatives, that everybody realises that it's in everyone's interest for, for this policy to work. Um, I, I, my own sense is that probably the the solution lies in embracing all of the things we should be trying to help allow people who are addicted to drugs to take those drugs safely if they're going to take them anyway. We should also be working to help people stop taking drugs and we should also be doing whatever we can do to um, minimise the impact that drug abuse has on wider communities. So, yes, I'm sure it's not a a silver bullet and what we really need to wait and see now is whether it um, is a step in the right direction or not. I should give a special mention to the Daily Records chief reporter Mark McGivern who has led the way on this campaign. Uh, Mark's been brilliant from beginning to end really on it. Um, Just final subject for discussion, Nicola Sturgeon. it emerged during the week that she's created a company, I think, for her outside earnings, um, jazzily titled Nicola Sturgeon Limited. Dougie, is this another sign that she's um, headed for the exit door in terms of Hollywood? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think um, a, a stint on most women awaits, maybe as a regular panellist. Um, but I don't know. What's that? Strictly come dancing? Strictly, I'm a celeb. Um, you know, I, I feel sorry for the bugs in the boxwear, but, you know, um, I was quite taken with the fact that at Company's House, she had listed a uh, nationality as British. Um, Scott, uh, Alex Salmond um, managed to list his as Scottish for his company for the same reason. So, uh, um, I don't know how that might go down with, uh, with her with her supporters, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, definitely. It's obviously, it's obviously, she's got, she's got uh, one eye on the exit. To use the football analogy, you know, she's um, her contract's up in the summer, and she's just going through the motions. John, I mean, do you think this uh, company is going to rake in the outside earnings? And other than her book, can you imagine her um, being in demand given her current difficulties? I put it. I, I, I think that she she will be. I, you know, I would be amazed if she hasn't already been approached, even if she doesn't admit it by, um, you know, the people like uh, Strictly Come Dancing and I'm a Celebrity. She's got a book in the pipeline. Um, it uh, looks like that has certainly been a six-figure deal. And um, I think that there will be other things in the... Offing, um, I think that Nicholas Orr would have been in more demand if it hadn't been for the issues that have emerged with the SNP during her leadership. Um, but I think, if anything, those issues are the things that are probably going to make the type of activity she'll pursue through this company more likely to be where her career will be going in the short term. It was a... Um, open secret that Nicola Sturgeon would have liked to have taken some kind of role within the UN or with UNICEF or something like that. I think that that potentially 
less likely as a result of the police investigation into the um, SNP's finances and that perhaps the kind of things that she's more likely to be pursuing are things like books and um, media performances. I agree with Douglas, it was like quite, you know, it was just quite a amusing um, side story to this was the fact that she's listed our um, nationality as British. Um, I think the immediate reaction would be that that was probably just a drop down menu or something like that, that there was no other choice, but it does appear that Alex Salmond and others have entered their nationality as Scottish in company's house and you know, there'll be a whole bunch of cyber nats reading all sorts of things into into that. Do you know what I would watch if she decided or agreed to go in the jungle with Salmon? That would be good TV. That, that absolutely the personal relations between them and the, the tension. Yeah, sturgeon in the jungle, jungle and then sturgeon in sequence. We've got all this to look forward to. So I think who that you, who do you think would get booted out first to the jungle, Salmon or Sturgeon? I think I think Nicola. Yeah, because I just think she's a bit dull. John, I think if ITV haven't thought of this already, then they're probably going to be on the phone with seven-figure um, offers to both parties. Um, I suspect that Alex Abbott would be more likely to take them up on the offer. Um, yeah, I, I would keep Salmon in because I just want to see him doing the trials and the tasks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know who would get booty right, right, first. Right, okay, let's wrap things up. Good week, bad week. Let's start with you, John. Yeah, so I think it's been, I, 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 we all hope it, it's a good week for um, the thousands of people in Scotland who um, suffer from drug addiction and who are hopefully going to benefit from um, drug consumption rooms, even when they um, receive those opening. Um, would, I think we all want to see that policy working and saving lives. Um, I think it's been a bad week for Ali McCoy's to, I mean, after decades of really carefully avoiding um, any kind of criticism in his career, even through his, his, his playing career and management career at Rangers, he never really is the one person that Celtic fans kind of liked. And, you know, after all, all that, um, he's now somehow managed to get himself embroiled in the terrible quagmire of um, the Scottish independence debate on Twitter. Or X, so you know. I, I think it's, he's he's going to regret getting getting involved in that. He's a national treasure. I like Ali. I say that as an Aberdeen fan. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, Dougie, how about you? Good week, bad week. Uh, I'll start with bad week. Uh, it's been a bad week, I think, for freedom of speech. Uh, this week, the BBC pulled some satirical cartoons after um, the Nats lost the pot over its depiction of Lorna Slater, uh, a limo Lorna. Um, I think just a sign again, you, you know, this this island as a whole, and I, I'm talking about Britain as a whole, is a, is a really long history of sticking it to power, of, um, you know, taking the mickey out, out uh, of those who kind of run the country. 
and I, I, I think again it's a poor, you know, it's a really poor show from the Beeb and 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 from those who kicked up such a stink about it. Um, the, you know, they should just let it go the way people should let it go. Or they think people should let it go when when they boo. God save the king. Uh, it's been a good week, I think. Just just very recently for Alex Cole Hamilton, um, something of a, of a forgotten man, I suppose, at Holyrood. He seems to be the only one who's so far who's grasped the seriousness of a row that's just been brewing this morning. Uh, I, I'll try and keep it brief, but basically a few months ago, Humza Yusuf made an untrue comment in Parliament uh, about Scotland's energy capacity. Uh, he was asked to correct the record, and then instead of... Uh, well, he did eventually correct the record, um, saying that he'd meant to say something else. It has now transpired after some uh, remarkable detective work from uh, Sam Taylor at These Islands Think Tank that um, that isn't the case. In fact, they had ordered some civil servants to try and justify his original statement and then come up with an excuse. And Alex Cole Hamilton has called on Humza to refer himself to the independent advisor on the Scottish Ministerial Code and suggested that if he's found to have broken it, then he should resign. So uh, I think it's good to see... Uh, the Lib Dems again, um, you, you know, pushing the Nats, and uh, I think this is one that you know we should keep an eye on in the coming hours and days. Right, I'm going to blow the final whistle on this uh, podcast. Thanks to John and to Doogie again for chewing the fat on Scottish politics, and I uh, hope that uh, you enjoyed it and tune in next week. It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. 